1: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
2: Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind
3: and Allstate. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. Oh, let's go. Welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. My name is Chris Plank. The huddle with Toby and Ted is coming up to get you ready for the Big 12 championship game. But first, we've got some work to do before we get there. We're going to hear from Trey Norwood and Jeremiah Hall as we count down to Oklahoma's fourth straight trip to the Big 12 championship game and their attempt to win their sixth straight Big 12 title if you missed any of our signing day coverage I urge you to check out the archives at Soonersports.com slash podcast or however you consume podcast we have our two-hour special that Chad and Gabe and I did together you'll hear from all the assistant coaches uh, and even you know Savion Bird's commitment came down right after we wrapped up our coverage so we hunted down Bill Beatonbow and got some thoughts from him on Savion Bird that's on the podcast and just be clear I promised some of the players that had signed with the Sooners. I'm going to drop them tomorrow on a Friday so you get the scene setter and Caleb Williams, Mario Williams, Danny Stutzman. We got you covered with signing day coverage leading into the Big 12 championship game on tomorrow's Sooner Sports Podcast. But for now, hey, let's spend the day getting ready for the Big 12 championship game. I had a chance to to sit down and chat with Sooner standout defensive back Trey Norwood. Trey Norwood has had a fantastic season after the unfortunate injury last year. Trey, I know this has been a challenging year with protocols, COVID, constant testing, but as we're prepared for a Big 12 championship, man, what a season for you. How's it felt? How are you physically heading into the conference title game Saturday?
4: I always felt good, you know what I mean? i uh, just grateful for all the opportunities and blessed that, you know, we, we've been able to make it this far to to the end of the season and to be competing for another Big 12 championship game, and physically, um, I feel good. Mentally, I feel good. Like I said, just gonna take each day, you know what I mean, day by day, um, and prepare. Like I said, mentally and physically for the, uh, you know, I mean, for the for the championship game Saturday.
3: Trey, okay, let, let's talk about cross training. And I don't even know if that's what you guys call it, but when you're working at corner and you're working at safety, what's that process like? And are you more comfortable at one than the other?
4: For me, at this point, honestly, I feel like I'm comfortable at any one of the spots, whether it's corner, nickel, or safety. And the cross training is something – actually is what we call it. And it's something that, you know, that we pride ourselves on the back end. Coach Grinch and Coach Manny do a great job of teaching us all the spots, which it helps out in the long run. And, I mean – Especially with the season like this with COVID, you never know who may be down, who may be out. So it allows guys to know multiple spots just in case they have to play I mean, uh, one more than one position on the back end.
3: Can you take us through the challenge of leadership? Because it, it's more than just on the field and making sure guys are lined up, right? You've got to be that leader off the field, following protocols, not getting in big groups. How different has that been this year?
4: Um, the different aspect of it is just having more, like I said, with the COVID. I mean, right. making sure... That I'm doing my part um, outside of the outside of the facilities as well as inside the facilities, making sure I'm masked up wherever I go, making sure that I mean, the people that are with me are masked up, and just just making sure that as a, as a whole, as a group, as a team, that we follow those protocols, so that that takes a little bit less off of our plate to where we can focus more on football.
3: Trey, can you take me through kind of your perspective and seeing how the overall opinion and perspective on OU defense is changing? You've been a part of some defenses that, you know, they seem to get questioned a lot. Now you're a part of a defense that, if it's not for you guys, that Baylor game's a little bit dicey last Saturday. What's that been like for you to change this culture and to be a part of it?
4: It's been great, and it, it starts with uh, with great coaches. You know and, I mean, with Coach Grinch being the head of that um, from day one, when he came in, his biggest thing was was the mindset and the mentality of uh, how we approach each and every every day, each and every snap, and it, it's been paying off throughout these these past two years. Um, you know, we, we focus on playing to the bottom line and playing to the standard as a team. And like I said, on, on defense, we focus on playing to that bottom line, which is straining to the ball playing together out physical and our opponent. And then uh, the biggest thing is, I mean, getting takeaways uh, whenever we have those opportunities. So I just feel like um, the, the culture change is something that you love to be a part of. And just me uh, being on both sides of it, last year not playing and then this year playing, it, it's it, it's great to see and, and it's a great thing to be, like I said, be a part of. And it's a great feeling. I can just tell it's only going to going to go up from here.
3: And and he got a lot of young, very uh, physical, entertaining guys in that backfield. You know, we haven't even seen Justin Harrington yet. I see him on the sideline. Kid looks like a linebacker. That's going to be a safety. But how about some of these young guys that you're seeing? You're seeing DJ Graham stepped up a couple weeks ago. Woody Washington playing well. Uh, It's got to be exciting, not just for the now, Trey, but for the future of this program to see these guys playing well.
4: It's very exciting, like you said, um, because for a for, for young for young guy, especially a true freshman to to be contributing, you know what I mean? As, as guys uh, you know, like DJ and having a, a huge role on this team as well as the, uh, the rest of the young guys, they've been doing a great job. I mean, they come to practice each and every day, ready to work and the biggest thing that you love to see is that they're eager to get better. You know what I mean? They're, they're always asking questions. Um, to 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 elevate and level their game up, whether it's the mental aspect or whether whether it's the physical aspect with their technique, and like you said, that that's something that you love to see, because um, when 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 guys like myself, us older guys, are, are going, those those would be like those would be the older guys of the program, and you know what I mean? you always want to make sure that, that that the older guys are, are taking care of business, so like so that'll be them, and they'll be handling the next classes that come in.
3: Saturday, Iowa State, early kick, 11 a.m. Big 12 championship game. Trey, what can you take from this first meeting that will carry over to Saturday? Much.
4: Um, our, our biggest thing as a team is um, focusing on, you know, focusing on, focusing on us, and then on the defensive side of the ball, just doing, doing what we do. You know what I mean? Um, which is playing to playing to the bottom line, getting lined up, making our calls, trusting our technique, and just just letting it letting it rip. You know what I mean? Uh, flying around, having fun, and, and making plays, and taking advantage of the, taking advantage of the opportunities that are presented to us.
3: And then just one general thought: the challenge of a big tight end—they threw it up to Charlie Killer a lot. What what what's? I, I don't I mean no giving away secrets here, but how big of a challenge is that whenever you have those big body receivers like they do?
4: Um, It's a challenge, I mean, always going against bigger guys. I mean, mean, props to Iowa State with those great, I mean, big tight ends. There's some um, good tight ends as well overall. And for us, like I said, it just goes back to trusting our technique, um, getting lined up, and and just trusting and being confident in what we do on on our side of the ball, especially on the back end, because we'll be matched up with them the most. So that's just the biggest thing, just trusting our technique, getting lined up, uh, making the calls, and going out there playing ball.
3: Trey, I'll ask you one more and get you out of here. You talked about being in that back end. How fun has it been to see the defensive line play the way that it has? Isaiah Thomas, a Big 12 Player <laughs> of the Year candidate, they've been getting after the quarterback. That makes your guy's job a little easier, doesn't it?
4: Yes, sir. Like I said, for what I tell people all the time, as a, D, as a DB, you love it. You know what I mean? Our D line is uh, – words can't even describe how how, how great they've been playing. Um, like I said, they get after it, which, like I said, on the back end, it, it helps us a lot. You know what I mean, gets pressure on the quarterback. Uh, throws off timing with the receivers and the routes, which allows us to have more opportunities, you know what I mean, for bad, bad decisions, you know what I mean, poor throws and all that on the back end for when the ball's in the air for us to go, uh, go uh, make the opportunities and get those takeaways.
3: Congrats on the great season, Trey. Excited to watch you play on Saturday. Good luck against Iowa State. Thank you. I'm excited for Trey Norwood. I think he's going to have a huge game on Saturday against Iowa State. All right, let's shift our focus to the offensive side of the football. The secret weapon. The Swiss Army Knife, Jeremiah Hall. Jeremiah Hall, unique situation here, man. Two bye weeks over the last three weeks, and then going after your sixth straight Big 12 championship. What were these last few weeks like with only one game and a couple byes?
5: You know, we knew coming into this game, to the season, really, that we were going to have to make adjustments on the fly. And we knew these scenarios were going to come up, but we told ourselves at the beginning of the year that we were going to work and prepare regardless. And so when the time came, or the, when the announcement came, that we found out we weren't going to play. It was it was a bummer because obviously we wanted to play, but at the same time we knew this was going to come with the the COVID season, you know. So um, we're preparing as usual. We're working hard as usual, and we're looking forward to this, to this weekend.
3: You got to take me through what last Wednesday was like. You guys are on the practice field. You're getting ready for West Virginia. Boom, coach calls you to the middle of the field and it's done. You start prepping for Iowa State. What was that like?
5: Man, yeah, it was a uh, yeah, last Thursday. I Thursday, think. yeah. Sorry. Um yeah, it was just practice was going per normal. And then all of a sudden, Coach Riley blows the whistle, and we just stop. Like, it's, <laughs> it's it's, crazy. And then next thing you know, a few hours later, we're back on the field preparing for Iowa State. Like, nothing even happened. So that's just a testament to the team, to the coaching staff, and how prepared they were to give us a schedule that we can handle. And um, it, it, it's, it's been working out for us.
3: You know, you and I haven't had a chance to talk since Shane Beamer took the South Carolina job. I know you're excited for him. I know you've talked about it quite a bit. But yeah. for me, I think it's pretty fun just to see him come back and kind of have an unfinished business mindset here. How about you?
5: Yeah. um, Beamer, knowing him, I knew that there was no doubt in the world that he was going to finish this season, man. He has too much attached to this school in terms of our room and the guys that, around him all the time, as well as his staff. So, of course, I'm happy for him, but I'm, I'm happy that he came back and I get a couple more days with him, man. I'm I'm relishing these days and I'm wishing the best for him.
3: Jeremiah, where, let's talk about just the offense in general, because I think you have great perspective on this, being a veteran. Where have you seen the biggest growth in Spencer Rattler so far this year?
5: And Spencer, man, is his mental standpoint. I've been saying all the year, we all knew that the physical capabilities were there. We all knew he had the arm. We all knew that he could fit in in tight windows, but The thing that's really impressed me is his response to adversity. You know, whenever things haven't been going our way, he's still done his job. And it's critical for a young guy, especially at QB, to remain calm and continue to guide um, everybody else around him because, yeah, I'm an old head. Yeah, Creed's an old head. But, you know, (laughs) Spencer's the guy with the ball every single play. So uh, his growth mentally has, has developed completely.
3: And I'm glad you mentioned Creed. I don't know if he's standing by for his next interview or not. (laughs) But I I did. I've noticed in Creed throughout this year, Jeremiah, a guy who has just really become more of a vocal leader, not afraid to speak out. And that's kind of permeated throughout this entire offense, hasn't it?
5: Yeah, that's why we voted him team captain. You know, he's been a voice the entire summer the offseason and throughout the, throughout the year now. So it's no surprise to me that he's a great leader for us, and I'm sure he'll do the same thing as he continues in the future.
3: Heck of a challenge this Saturday, round two against Iowa State. Tough trip to Ames a couple of months ago, but we know this is a unique defense and what John Haycock does, dropping eight. Um, a little bit of a different plan this time around for
5: Iowa State? Uh, we'll be ready for them boys. <laughs> yeah, we'll be ready for those
3: boys. How unique is that? Because a couple years ago, we saw that for the first time when they're dropping eight, like, what's going on here? Now, all of a sudden, it's a little – we, we see it more often, don't we, across this conference?
5: Yeah, I, I remember when um, we had a little bit of struggles when we lost here at home, um, when Baker was a quarterback, uh was three years ago? Yep. And so, yeah, they, they are confident in the scheme that they run, and it works for them. Obviously, we're playing them in a Big 12 championship, so obvious, so they're doing something right. And uh, it's a testament to those coaches and those uh, those guys over there playing, and they're a good defense.
3: Jeremiah, how exciting has it been for you? Final thought, and I'll let you get out of here. We've always had the o- o- explosive offenses here at Oklahoma, but to see the defense playing like this, like it is right now, what has that been like in this locker room for team morale?
5: It's completely changed the morale in terms of Oklahoma defense. You know, now it's it has a little bit more oomph behind it. You know, I can't even describe it, but. You've seen Nick on Twitter after a game. You've seen those guys talk. You know the energy that they're giving off, and it's no different in the locker room. I'm happy for those guys.
3: Well, I'm happy for you, man. Good luck this weekend in the Big 12 championship game. Jeremiah, thanks for your time, buddy. Thank you. 11 a.m. kick, 9 a.m. pregame show on the Sooner Radio Network. Oklahoma and Iowa State, fourth different opponent for the Sooners in the Big 12 championship game in their fourth straight appearance since the rebirth of the title game. All right, let's get after it. Let's go in-depth on all of college football and the Oklahoma breakdown of the Sooners matchup with Iowa State. Here's Toby and Ted with the huddle reloaded. Please uh,
6: help me welcome right now the Butkus and Bednarik Award winner and my radio partner on the Sooner Radio Network, Teddy Lehman, everybody.
1: t what's up, man? How we doing?
6: Fantastic. I uh, am excited about Saturday uh, for a lot of reasons. One, it's the Big Twelve Championship. They're passing out a trophy on Saturday. That's worth getting excited six about six straight. Six straight is what they're going for. And two, we haven't had a chance to call many football games lately.
1: We're gonna be rusty. That's <laughs> We're I, be rusty. so this is gonna be one game in what, twenty seven or twenty eight days for Oklahoma leading into that game?
6: By the yeah, exactly. By the time Saturday gets here, they will have played one game in twenty seven days. That's crazy. Yeah. That's not ideal. Does that worry you at all?
1: I mean, it's not ideal. I, yeah. I mean, I guess Iowa State is a little bit more, um, you know, in rhythm than us. But it's really kind of the same thing for them. They're coming off of a bye week, so it's not like you can say that, you know, they're just rolling right into this thing. You know, had had that been a little bit different, okay, yeah, they're coming off their best game right into the Big 12 Championship. I'd say it's a factor, but. Right now, I slightly, barely, minuscule.
6: I wish the OU offense had looked better against Baylor. I think I would feel better about this game going in if they had. But we've been sitting on that one for a couple of weeks, so I'm very curious to see what they look like. But the fact that Oklahoma is in this game, pretty remarkable, Ted, after they started 0-2 in conference play.
1: Well, started 0-2 in conference play, and I got to tell you, when Ellinger ran that final touchdown in in <laughs> regulation yeah. and I thought they were going to go for two and our defense was like uh, bending over and exhausted. I was like, oh, boy, we're about to go 0-3 in conference. At that moment, I, if you asked me what our chances are of winning the conference this year, it would have been pretty low. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's amazing that they had chances to give up in that game, you know, and they fought through it. Tough, gritty win and just marginally got better and better as the year went on, added some players, and here we are uh, going for number six.
6: Remarkable turnaround by Lincoln Riley. The rematch of the game that took place in early October up in Ames. Here's some of the highlights from that game. The uh, Cyclones showed up in their all-black unis. I kind of have a hunch they're going to wear them again on Saturday. They seem to prefer these uniforms this year. And the Sooners, as they are prone to do, Teddy started fast.
1: Yeah, uh, came out. We're we're really clicking right out of the gate and, you know, put up some points. Iowa State comes storming back later, but it looked like we were just going to cruise in this football game. We know that wasn't the case. Uh, But, you know, as Iowa State has done a couple of times this year, once their defense settles in a little bit, they have a way better second half than they do first half. And uh, that was that was the case in this particular game.
6: Sooners on top after that rushing touchdown they had to their lead here at 17-6. OU a touchdown pass to Jeremiah Hall looking pretty good here in the first half for Oklahoma. But boy, missed tackles, Teddy was really the story of this game on defense.
1: You no, know, it really was. You know, and there was missed tackles on short runs by Brees Hall. There was missed tackles on long, explosive plays, uh, you know, runs and passes. That was really the critical thing in this football game. Here's one. Got to secure that play before you uh, reach for the football. And it goes, what, 65 yards, if I remember correct. And uh, this game got really interesting really quickly.
6: Another long Burkage field goal makes it 23-23. Fourth quarter now. This is your McIntyre Law Sooner flashback. Big turnover here. The Sooners needed to force one, and they did. Isaiah Thomas forces the fumble. Oklahoma takes over.
1: That felt like it was the turning point. We go right down. We punch it in. Take a commanding lead midway through the fourth quarter. You feel like you're in a great spot. And then oh boy. here comes special teams once again. A week after getting a punt blocked against Kansas State. It was a real turning point of that football game. Here comes the 85-yard kickoff return sets them up and sucks the momentum that you just created out and right back into that stadium, which obviously not a a heavily attended football game, but it felt like it at that moment.
6: Uncle Mo went from one sideline to the other. Iowa State ties it up. They get the stop. They get the ball back and Brees all breaking tackles.
1: Yeah. Uh, Running through guys and this is early in the season. We loved what we saw We didn't know that he was gonna be the nation's leading rusher, uh, you know, as the season comes to a close, but you know, he's had a great year and we got a glimpse and kind of got the ball rolling there for him.
6: This was the death nail right here. Pass intended for Charleston Rambo intercepted in the end zone. Lincoln Riley wanted a flag, didn't get it. Iowa State won at 37 to 30. Here's a team comparison this year, Teddy. In short, Iowa State's been better running the ball Oklahoma better in the pass game defensively they are nearly identical
1: yeah and I'll tell you what's interesting about these stats is like if you take out the non-conference game and just look at the in-conference the like opponents all of their statistics are even closer uh, against their like opponents so I think it's going to be a great matchup incredibly tight football game You've got two balanced teams. You know, Oklahoma, balanced offensively and defensively. Same thing with Iowa State. They like to run the ball. Uh, their quarterback's playing well, and they've got a great defense, as as we've seen. So, I don't think – I mean, this is really strength on strength, both sides, and it should turn out to be a, a fantastic football game, in my opinion.
6: Who's your player to watch for OU?
1: I'm going with Ronnie Perkins. You know, uh, obviously, he was not there. He's on the sideline. It looked like maybe – Uh, leading up to that game that he may have a chance to play, but he didn't Uh, and as he made it onto this football team, finally, our defense, you know, I mean, just looks so much different. The things that he can do at the line of scrimmage, uh, both against the run, against the pass, rushing the passer, just helps you out so much at all levels, linebackers, uh, secondary guys can be more aggressive on the back end. So we've taken some big steps since he's shown up and I'm anxious to see what he does against this Iowa State offensive line.
6: My player to watch is Ramondre Stevenson. I'm going to take the other guy that didn't play in that first matchup. In my opinion, if Oklahoma can match Iowa State in the run game, and that's, you know, a lot of that's going to fall on Ramondre, but T.J. Pledger as well, they'll win this football game. That's a big ask when the other team's got Brees Hall. Oklahoma did not look very good against Baylor trying to run the football. They need that offensive line to get churning and, you know, you look back at these championships the last five years, Teddy, when they get to the fourth quarter, they have been able to hand the ball off and just put games away with their ground game. I'm fascinated to yeah. know whether they can do that or not on Saturday.
1: Well, I mean, that that's the curious thing is, you know, and I probably wouldn't have said this at a couple of points this year, but, you know, I feel like our offensive line may be the weakness of, not just the offense maybe the team which is so weird to say um and that's really what separated us from some of these other teams down the stretch in these these championship games the ability to run the football late as you pointed out and they haven't really played the last couple of games very good now maybe after some extended uh rest and you know practice and <laughs> dialing in with coach yeah. and bow that showing these guys him th- showing them this clip uh, yeah, maybe in practice exactly yeah. right you know i I think this is going to be a big challenge because, you know, as, as we know, Iowa State defensive line is great. They play that yeah. three-man front, but they are really good. They'll get pressure just out a three-man rush. So, yeah, I, I, just, I think the matchup is going to be fantastic.
6: Coming up, of course, we'll have our picks here tonight. We'll take a closer look at the Iowa State personnel. When we come back, a deeper dive into who could be impact players for Oklahoma on Saturday. It's the Big 12 championship game down in Arlington. You're watching The Huddle brought to you by Bud Light.
2: Bringing you the best in barbecue. Kim Cade Coach Lines, the official motor coach carrier of Sooner Athletics. AT&T 5G the official 5G wireless network of OU Athletics. Homeland, a fresh experience. Proud sponsor of Sooner Football. The Sooner Sports Podcast is your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. Listen as Toby Roland and Chris Plank talk all things Sooners. Log on to Soonersports.tv slash podcast. Presented by Allstate and Riverwind. Walden Cleaners and Laundry, where the difference is quality. Anheuser-Busch, whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there.
6: Toby and Teddy back with you. Welcome back to Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. It is the huddle. It is the Big 12 Championship coming up on Saturday, 11 a.m. down in Arlington, OU and Iowa State. It is the fourth consecutive year that Oklahoma's played in this game. Obviously, they're going for a sixth consecutive title, but the fourth straight since the return of the Big 12 championship game. And we thought it would be fun to flash back to some of the key moments from those games. Uh, we'll start back in 2017, fourth different opponent, by the way, in four years. It was TCU that the Sooners met in the revival. and. Boy, this started off in a fantastic fashion.
1: It really did. Well, you know, looked like it was going to be possibly a really tight football game. Uh, Just opened up big for the Sooners, and they extended it. Here's scoop and score. Caleb Kelly, um, that was a long time ago, and he may be back next year, Toby. (laughs) So uh, that's really fun to see the defense score. Boy, I'll tell you what, a defensive score in this weekend's game would go a long way. Well,
6: it's been a theme for this team. In this game, they have made huge defensive plays. This was the next year, 2018. Sooners lead by three in the fourth quarter. They've got the Longhorns backed up against their end zone, and Trey Brown with the safety.
1: Look at that. Corner blitz comes off the weak side there. Uh, Sam Ellinger never sees him coming, and you get the safety, which, again, proved to be a a big point in that football game as as time was starting to tick down.
6: And then last year, of course, it was Baylor- This is the game in Waco. The Sooners leading by three after the giant comeback. Charlie Brewer trying to lead comeback drive. And on the sidelines, he goes trying to lead him down the field. Under a minute to play. Denzel Mims takes it into territory. Looks like they're in field goal range. They're getting awfully close to it. Oh, Nick Benito had it in his hands. And he couldn't hang on, and then he does get the pick on the sidelines to end it. Of course, those two teams would meet again later in the Big 12 championship game, and it would again be the defense that would have to seal the deal in overtime.
1: We definitely have a new producer, because I'll tell you what, uh, we never would have seen all those defensive highlights thrown in there before. <laughs> love that, don't Amazing. you? Amazing. I love that. must have been that.
6: slipping curtains of money <laughs> on the, under the table. Here's a look back. An unbelievable run. For Oklahoma in this game of course we had the hiatus between 2010 and 2017 but it'll be the 12th time they played in the title game an amazing 10 and 1 record
1: yep and you look at some of those games you've got top five opponents in there, top 10 opponents and I mean Iowa State this year uh, I know it's listed there as uh, number nine but I think they're going to be higher than that by the time this thing is played uh you know, close to a top five football team. in Baylor, you know, that that helped Oklahoma a lot last year with the way the the playoff rankings went down. We needed a good top 10 win late, and we got it.
6: Well, I mean, I'm just going to give it away. We, we will show you the entire college football playoff rankings here in a bit. But the new rankings are out moments ago, and Iowa State's at number six. Yeah. So this will be the second highest ranked opponent that OU has had in the list of those games. I heard you talking on your show the other day. Of the last four opponents since the return of the uh, the uh, Big 12 championship game, you feel like Iowa State's the best that played?
1: I don't even think it's Not close. even close? Wow. No. Well, I mean, quarterback, um, you know, Purdy this year was you know, at times struggled a little bit. We weren't sure. Gosh, what happened to the guy we saw last year? He's back on pace right now. They got the leading rusher in all of college football, Brees Hall, which, you know, I, I can't imagine – uh, that happening a year ago thinking that iowa state would do that we know how good they are defensively it's just a completely balanced football team we haven't seen that yet i mean quarterback running back uh you know pass catchers scheme defensive players we haven't seen a, a total football team like this
6: yep, it should be interesting and here's some more of the guys that could be impact players for the sooners on saturday we'll start on the offensive side of the ball and the big play guy in the passing game all year has been Marvin Mims.
1: Yeah, Marvin Mims. You know, it's interesting whenever you look back at our first meeting with uh, Iowa State, we didn't get anything from Mims. Our leading receiver was Stogner, who's not going to be in the football game. You know, Iowa State scheme makes it difficult to hit on the big plays down the field, and that's where Mims is most dangerous, some of the vertical stuff. So he's going to have to find a way. This offense is going to have to find a way – to fit things into some of these these tight spots with this big zone drop eight defense that Iowa State's going to play
6: Spencer Rattler did play the first game in Ames but boy I think he's a different quarterback now than he was then don't you Ted
1: well yeah I mean I feel that way but he was also like 26 of 35 for 300 yards he in did that play game. well he did play well uh, with a couple of touchdowns uh, was playing really good and then You know, as that game got late, he forced a deep ball down the field that was intercepted. But that was like his, you know, one of the few poor plays. He had a couple of bad throws out there that should have been intercepted by Iowa State. So, yeah, I think he's playing better, but he played pretty well the first time around.
6: That's a good point. Two really good college quarterbacks going head to head. Let's take a look at the comparison between Spencer Rattler and Brock Purdy and, in a lot of ways, two guys that kind of mirror each other. Now Brock Purdy's played a lot more college football than Spencer Rattler has, but look at the seasons they're having. Completion percentage, edge to rattler, yards, edge to rattler, touchdown to interception ratio. He's got more touchdowns, but he's got one more pick than Purdy does. Pretty evenly matched there, though. Brock Purdy has run for more yards. Yeah, and a he's
1: lot. here recently he's his running has turned into a nice little threat for them. I'll tell you what's interesting is, you know, whenever we talk about Brock Purdy, it's like, oh, gosh, he's got to be the most disappointing player in the Big 12 this year. And uh, man, just just hasn't really been there for them. He's been inconsistent. He's turned the football over. He's got less interceptions than Spencer Rattler. I mean, the way we've talked about him, you would think that he had just a god awful season. Uh, Not really the case. Aside from the three interception game against Baylor, really been pretty clean with the football. So I I don't know. I I think there's an edge to Spencer Rattler. I think Rattler's got better skill position guys around him. Obviously, they've got a great running game with Brees Hall, but uh, the weapons that Spencer Rattler has in our offense, just a little bit more dynamic than theirs.
6: Defensively, you talked about Ronnie Perkins, but Alex Grinch says this guy should be the Big 12 defensive player of the year.
1: Well, I mean, he's been fantastic. He's created tons of pressure on the quarterback. He's been great in the running game. Forced fumbles. You saw that forced fumble and sack fumble in Iowa State that you know could have been a big difference maker in that football game. Uh, he's relentless. He flies to the football. He's big. He's strong. He's fast. He checks every single box for them.
6: David Agwebu much more of a contributor now than he was back in early October.
1: I think he has started to settle in at that Mike Backer spot. You know, it's it's tough to play that position, especially moving from the outside. There's a lot that comes with it. You know, he's still young and inexperienced, but we've seen him. He started to flash a little bit, starting to make some bigger plays and use that big frame of his.
6: It has been an impressive improvement for Alex Grinch's defense this season, and our graphics department wanted to honor him and Christmas at <laughs> the same time. How the Grinch saved the defense. I don't know if he'll appreciate this or hate it. Uh, I'm going to blame it on Teddy if he hates it.
1: Oh, well, I mean, it's. I'm sure he's used to it. It can't be the first time he's seen that joke, right? Uh, I,
6: mean, no, I, w- I would think not, although the pot belly there is not exactly uh, flattering. <laughs> that is good. But he has done a tremendous job with uh, with this defense. this Boy, year.
1: I don't think there's any doubt about it. Um, you know, how good we've been against the run. You see it right there. Getting to the quarterback with sacks, um, you know, third down. You know, you see that third down stat. It's like, my goodness, how are they so good on third down? Well, because they're so good against the run yeah. and they're getting to the quarterback so much. Doesn't I mean, it seem like
6: all year it's been third and nine? Yeah, that's right. Everybody. Third
1: and long is incredibly difficult to convert. You're so one-dimensional in, in what you can throw at the defense. So I, I think he's done great things. You just don't want him to do too good and get <laughs> no, a we, job somewhere. No, that's you know fine. what We want him like, to get a it's, job. It's frustrating that you know that people come and take good coaches. That's the one part about it that uh, that uh, you don't worry about it. But you know, come there's bad that comes with the good. You know, that's
6: exactly right. That's the uh, story from the crimson sideline. We'll take a look at Iowa State when we come back. You're watching the Huddle here at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. Stay with us.
2: Huddle is brought to you by Rudy's, bringing you the best in barbecue. Academy Sports and Outdoors, the preferred sporting goods retailer of Sooner Sports. Anheuser-Busch, whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. Sport Clips, it's good to be a guy. Riverwind, still the one.
6: Welcome back to the Huddle, Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. Coming up in the next hour, Kale Gundy will join us. Gabe Eichert, Chris Plank will join us. We're getting you set for OU and Iowa State coming up Saturday morning in the Big 12 championship game down in Arlington. We've seen the Cyclones once already, but Teddy, you referred to it earlier as we go behind enemy lines now, brought to you by Riverwind. As well balanced of a team as you will find, certainly in this conference, and they stack up well with teams across the country. We'll start on offense. Here's Brock Purdy in action.
1: Yeah, Brock Purdy hes a fantastic passer. He's accurate, and I think he's—he's he's a better threat with his legs than, than maybe you—you you would anticipate. And that's really become obvious here recently. He's made some really nice plays. He's fast. You see him there running through some uh, some tacklers. It's—it's it's not a huge part of what they do, but you get enamored with Brees Hall and how much they hand him the football. Brock Purdy will keep it out the backside just to keep you honest and can make you pay. I think he's got four or five rushing touchdowns on the year. Uh, Just a good all-around quarterback for them.
6: Brees all had 145 yards last time the Sooners faced the Cyclones. He leads the nation in rushing. Why is he so good?
1: Well, one of the reasons he's so good is because of his offensive line. Um, You know, I don't think they get enough credit. You look at what they've done right now. They've just been named, I think, yesterday, one of the 11 semifinalists for the uh, Joe Moore Award, which is a huge accomplishment. They've only given up nine sacks on Brock Purdy. He's been sacked nine times. You look at Oklahoma, Rattlers has been sacked like 21, 22 times. They got 2,000 yards rushing as an offense. But Brees Hall does a lot individually. He'll make you miss. Uh, you'll see him a lot of times one-on-one with a guy, and he'll just flat-out make you miss, or he can run through you. He's got breakaway potential. Uh, you see whenever they get it blocked and he can get to the next level, he's got the wills to take it the full distance. I think he's got a 75-yard uh, touchdown this year. Shows you that he's got that breakaway speed. But for me, for Brock Purdy and Brees Hall, it starts with that offensive line, which, you know, I, I wouldn't have said this before the year, but that group's been fantastic.
6: He reminds me a little of Kennedy Brooks in that there's not a lot of suddenness there. He's just real smooth and good size just kind of gobbles up yards
1: yeah uh you know and it's been pretty impressive you know at times he'll get bottled up and they're not making a a whole lot of yards in the running game and then he'll hit a big play and it just opens everything up you see him make the wide open defender miss there uh here he is good patience takes it all the way out the back end uh which good running backs will do you got to be patient You got to be explosive and patient and find the balance Uh, between the two see him getting him out of the backfield he's not a huge weapon out of the backfield. think he's caught two touchdowns but they will throw it to him at times
6: they got a great tight end as well from right down the road here in norman charlie kohler charlie was a difference maker last year and this year in the games against oklahoma and certainly no reason to believe teddy that he won't be a big part of their game plan again on saturday
1: yeah and they're going to find a way to get him in a mismatch we saw in the first game that they were trying to get him over Buki, where he's got, you know, eight inches of size over Buki and and really target that. And Brock Purdy will lock into him, lock in that, that he's going to throw it and just stay with him and let him go up and make plays. So he's fantastic. And I really like what Iowa State does pre-snap to try and get to those matchups. They'll shift, they'll motion, you know, they'll line up in three tight end sets and, you know, just shift in motion until they get the matchup that they like and then just really dial in on him, and, and they'll get the ball to him in a bunch of different ways. Let's
6: talk about him on defense, and, and these names have been around forever for them. We'll start with Mike Rose at linebacker. Outstanding, right? Kind of the heart of their defense.
1: Yeah, he's great, and, you know, he's a he's a leader on this football team. He's great in pass coverage, which you, you don't see a whole lot uh, these days. It's, it's more limited with what teams ask of their guys. Uh, he runs sideline to sideline. He's a big, strong, physical guy. Uh, I, you know, at one point he was leading the Big 12 in interceptions, I believe. So has a really good knack for reading quarterback's eyes and making a break on those balls. And, you know, I think he had a pretty slow start to the season. But right now, absolutely playing his best football of the year.
6: couple of elite pass rushers in this game. We've got Ronnie Perkins for Oklahoma and Jaquan Bailey for Iowa State.
1: Yeah, Jaquan Bailey is fantastic. And he does a lot of his work in just a three man rush, which is really difficult because if you go to inside move, there's going to be a guard sitting there. uh, Then you've got to beat two guys, but he's got a really good knack for it. Their three guys up front are as good as anyone I've seen creating pressure out of a three man rush. They're fantastic at it. And, And he's really good at the point of attack against the run too. strong guy can fight off an offensive tackle or a double team to, to be effective in the run game. Uh, he's he's a really, really good football player for him.
6: Now, one of his buddies that helps him out is Will McDonald, who you see right here.
1: Yeah, he's kind of, it's a little bit of yin and yang between these two guys. Jaquan Bailey is the big physical guy, and McDonald is the fast speed rush guy, and it works great in tandem. You know, if Jaquan Bailey makes an inside move flushes the quarterback out mcdonald will run him down from the other side and you know he's quick enough and athletic enough that they can use him out in coverage if they need to uh blitz him put him in a spinner and move him you know and blitz him in some different different looks so they're really good across the defensive line now one of the big keys is it's not just rush three every snap they have a really good balance between their three-man rush drop eight package and their blitz packages they'll bring everyone right up on the line of scrimmage and blitz everybody or bail out and just rush three and it makes it really hard on those offensive linemen
6: fifth year for matt campbell trying to lead the cyclones to their first conference title since 1912 you see the mount union there yep. in 0506 that's where alex grinch played those guys were, were together teammates. back then they were teammates worked his way up and Like the last couple of years, he's on the radar for every opening out there in college football. You're hearing his name in the mix down in Auburn a little bit. We'll see whether or not they're able to keep him up in Ames. Uh, Another guy we didn't show you on defense that I know you love is Greg Isworth. Yeah. Big-time hitter on the back end.
1: Eyesworth is great. White is great. Uh, Ryan Vance, their other inside backer, is great. I mean – Position by position, offensively and defensively, this is a great matchup across the board.
6: You know, you remind me of talking about Iowa State. I can hear the excitement in your voice. Not that you're excited they have a great defense. You just love great defense. It's the way you talked about Baylor last year going into this game.
1: Yeah, I think they're different. Last year's Baylor defense, well, I think, quite a bit better. That That defense was just spectacular. They had three guys on the defensive line that were immovable and great rushing the passer and probably the best tandem of safeties I've seen in college football in a long time. This defense is a little bit different. It's it's more of a bend and don't break type of squad because they'll, they'll drop eight. They'll keep everything in front of them. They will give up some some yards at times, but the more they see of you, the better they get. They're way better in the third and fourth quarter than they are in the first and second I think it says a lot about the experience yeah. and how well they're coached.
6: It'll be interesting to see how Lincoln attacks them. You think drop eight, nickel and dime your way down the field. And you do have to you know, take what they give you to some extent. But I remember the first matchup asking Lincoln about that, and he said, Man, we're going to take shots. And yeah. he did. They yeah. took some deep, deep shots against him in Ames, some of them successful. Uh, and so we'll see if they uh, dial up that same game plan on Saturday. I would imagine yeah. they'll take some chances.
1: Yeah, I think they will. Um, you know, if, if you can get the matchup you want, whenever they bring some pressure and protect it, you can get those one-on-one shots that that you want. Uh, It's about finding that right timing, getting the right pre-snap reads. The the question that that I have is, if we don't see Stogner, how's that going to affect us? He was our our number one receiver in that football game and had a bunch of big plays for us. So are we going to be able to uh, pick up for that absence if he's not there?
6: Secret weapon on Saturday, Mikey Henderson. Yeah. I, I, I mean, we didn't see him in the Baylor game. Jeremiah be Hall back caught Saturday. two
1: touchdowns in the first game. I think there's a good chance that we see some H-pack's of those guys get involved. We'll take a timeout. We'll take a look at
6: scores from around the Big 12 this week and those hot off the press college football playoff rankings coming up next. Sooners on the move this week. We'll be back. You're watching the huddle here at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue.
2: to thank all of our Sooner Radio Network affiliates across the state and region. Fans can check out Soonersports.com for an affiliate in your area. And if you're traveling outside the state of Oklahoma, you can listen to all the action on either Sirius XM Radio or download the TuneIn app and listen free. OU's football games are available on Exidos 96.5 FM in Oklahoma City and 101.5 FM El Patron in Tulsa, as well as on those stations' websites. Each OU Spanish broadcast will feature a 30-minute pregame show and a 15-minute postgame show. Log on to SoonerSports.com slash kids for information about joining the Sooner Junior Kids Club presented by og Brought to you in part by Orthodontics exclusively.
6: Welcome back to the huddle here at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. Hey, the Big 12 Championship game coming up on Saturday morning. We had a couple of Big 12 games. None of them ended up being too exciting this past week. Let's take a look at some highlights. Cowboys an impressive performance down in Waco well we both had Baylor winning this game Ted we were dead wrong
1: yeah put this in the massive list of things I've been wildly wrong about (laughs) Uh, not only did Oklahoma State win the football game they absolutely handed it to Baylor I get it Baylor decimated uh, by coronavirus stuff yet again players and coaches out but You know, credit Oklahoma State, who I thought, you know, there was a little bit of throw in the towel factor with some of their players opting out and and not finishing the season. They show up and just flat out destroyed the Baylor Bears. Beat them
6: 42 to three. Spencer Sanders uh, threw for 347 yards, three touchdowns. Dom Richardson ran for 169. He had three touchdowns and. They beat Baylor so bad, Charlie Brewer decided to transfer after the game.
1: I mean, it was shocking just in the sense that we had just watched that Baylor team look like they were on the verge of being a really good squad. Mm-hmm. So uh, great job by Oklahoma State getting that W.
6: TCU was able to go back and schedule another game. They added Law Tech here in this extra week. And I think you got to give them some credit. Uh, TCU did not look like world beaters when we saw him down in Fort Worth, but Gary Patterson slowly made his team better and better as the year went along. Teddy, they've won five of their last six games.
1: No, they have um, really turned it on. And I'm telling you, look out for that freshman wide receiver that they got. He's going to be a problem in this conference. Uh, He is legit. Uh, They got it going. I mean, it's pretty impressive what they put together after what was a really frustrating start for them. I mean, gosh, they start off the season thinking they're Starting quarterback was never going to play again because of a heart issue. And here they are winning, you know, what, four or five out of their last six games and uh, knocking off Tech there to finish with a nice 6-4 and record.
6: 333 yards rushing for TCU. Our Big 12 report is brought to you by Kincaid Coach Lines. Meanwhile, around the rest of the country, what a game this was. Florida, number six in the country, at home against hapless LSU. And this turned into an absolute Donnybrook.
1: This is why it matters how many football games you play. This is why it matters that Ohio State has only played five games right now and they're still in the college football playoff. It matters because you never know in college football. Anybody can beat anyone on a given Saturday. And you saw LSU just do exactly that. Trask, a couple of costly interceptions. LSU just goes out and keeps finding a way. Needed a little bit of help late with some penalty stuff. <laughs> the shoot throw, but give them credit. I mean, that's not the. Yeah, everyone's piling on that one kid. It was not a great play, but there was plenty of of game uh plays there in that game that you know contributed to that loss for Florida. Is it
6: good? I think it's good. You can't even see Not the it up. It's great. The fog is awesome.
1: And he hammers a 57-yard field goal to get the win to beat the number what? Five ranked team in the country. Are you kidding me? Amazing.
6: North Carolina and Miami. Uh, I thought Miami would handle business on their home field Saturday and boy Mac Brown's boys went down there and put a boot on them.
1: I I guess so. I mean rush for over 400 yards against Miami a top 10 team that's got some number one like first round draft picks on that defense I mean North Carolina has dropped some some games this year there's no doubt but their offense is totally legit they're recruiting well they're going to put together a great class this year look out for North Carolina in coming years. They get some defense to go with that offense. They're going to be really, really troublesome in that ACC and a tough out. North Carolina rolls 62-26.
6: Michael Carter, running back, ran for 308 yards and two touchdowns in that game. Brutal. Meanwhile, out on the West Coast, they are playing football. USC and UCLA met. Crosstown clash in the Rose Bowl, and this turned out to be a fun game.
1: Yeah, how about that? Do you like that? There's no white uni in this I one? do.
6: I love this. I think it mashup. looks great
1: too. I mean, we we could maybe see some more of this stuff out there in college football. It looks great, but yeah, I mean, hey, don't look now, but USC undefeated at five and zero. Now I know that their strength of schedule is not any good, but uh, Slovis has put together a nice little season, mini season at five games, but. USC undefeated and looking pretty good. It's, you know, interesting. We forget that the Pac-12 is playing football, but here you go. A fun one on Saturday That's night. That's another potential opponent
6: for OU, by the way. I've seen some speculation out there that OU and USC could end up in a bowl game against each other. I wouldn't mind seeing that.
1: No, I, I agree with that. I'll tell you the thing about USC. They haven't been able to put it together, but there's some really good football players on that team. I mean, they've got, yeah, they got, fi- talent. They, they got five-star talent out there. Uh, several different positions. They just haven't been able to put the whole thing together.
6: They're down. I mean, this has kind of been a theme for them this year. Look, they're down 12 points in the fourth quarter. Stayed after it. Got within five. Another touchdown here is going to put them in front. They win it 43-38. Keaton Slovis throws for five touchdowns and 344 yards. So add all that up and, all that up and here's your new college football playoff rankings just released at the top. Bama 1, Notre Dame 2, Clemson 3, Ohio State 4, Texas a 5, Iowa State moves up to number 6. Florida slides down, but just a spot to 7. Then you got Georgia, Cincy, Oklahoma up. First time they've moved in the rankings. They're up to number 10 this week. Other Big 12 teams. You got Texas at 20, Oklahoma State at 21. Tulsa, who gets Cincinnati this week in the American Athletic Conference championship game at number 23. And I know you alluded to it there, Teddy. You've got a problem with Ohio State here.
1: I think it's an absolute disservice to everything that we're talking about to have a five-win football team in the top four. I get it. They're a good team. They've got good players. They've got a really good quarterback. Are they one of the four best teams? Yeah. Okay. I'll concede the point. They are. But there has to be some level of earning your way into the playoffs. We're not talking about a one, two-game difference here. We're talking about a five-game difference. And you look at that loss like I talked about with Florida. That's the reason it matters. You can't just say, oh, well, they would have beat this team, this team, this team, and this team. You can't do that in college football. You have to earn your stripes. And putting in a five-win team, I think, is atrocious. And I can't believe it's – I mean, I can believe it's happening – Uh, But it shouldn't happen. It's a disservice to the sport, in my opinion. So is it your
6: opinion that the Big Ten and Pac-12 this year, because of the way they decided to set up their season, should not be allowed to be in the playoff?
1: Absolutely, 100%. I, I mean, they could be allowed to be in it, but unfortunately they didn't hit the mark to deserve their way into it. I mean, you can't. You can't show up way later than everyone, uh, you know, not give time to reschedule games, not have enough games to really compare with everyone else, and then expect to be treated the same. I mean, I'm sorry you had a chance to come out, start playing football the same time as everyone else did. Give yourself some leeway so you could reschedule games, find a way to get them all played. You chose not to. Well, okay, I'm sorry, but we choose not to put you in the playoff. There has to be some consequences to that. I think it's a total joke, and I keep hearing nationally everyone say, well, they're one of the four best teams. Since when do you not have to earn your way into a championship by being on the same level playing field as everyone else? I mean, I listen to the committee, and not just the committee, quite frankly, everyone else in college football tell me that, well – I'm sorry, Big 12, you don't have that 13th data point that everyone else has. You just played 12 games. 12 against 13, you don't qualify, right? Yeah. 12 and 13, TCU you don't qualify. Out, yeah. But 5 to 10 is okay? Are we? I mean, I, I just think it's a joke that we've just thrown everything away for this year and go to let Ohio State in just because, well, we think they may be one of the four best teams think it's a joke and I think it makes college football look ridiculous
6: oh, he's passionate about <laughs> this topic I Sorry. love it we'll take a time out our picks this week including the Ohio State game coming up next segment we'll be back
2: to our cornerstone television partners OU health Anheuser-Busch, and the OU College of Professional and Continuing Studies. And our community partners, Landers Auto Group, Coca-Cola, and OU Health.
6: All right, welcome back, everybody. Reminder, coming up next hour on the uh, Sooner Sports Talk Show, we'll have Kale Gundy, Sooner Assistant Coach, joining us this week for a bit. And then a radio roundtable, always a lot of fun. When we get to chat with our friends uh, from the uh, Sooner Radio crew, Gabe Hikerd and Chris Plank, it is the final segment, which means it is our final picks segment of the year, Teddy. Mm-hmm. And let's start by taking a look at how we did last week. You made up ground. Teddy had USC. I took the Bruins. You were right. We both had Iowa over Wisconsin. The Washington-Oregon game got canned. We both whiffed on Miami and Baylor. So you look at the bottom there, Teddy, and you are mathematically alive, three picks down, five games to go, your feelings right now.
1: I've got a chance at this thing. Now, there's some interesting games this week, Uh and I I will say that I had to try to read into your answers a little bit, but I feel like I've got a chance to make a comeback here.
6: You're rolling the dice a little on some of these, perhaps? Maybe, maybe. Okay, let's start with the uh, military. Air Force going to Army. Uh, speaking of fog, did you see the Army-Navy game at all last week? Did.
1: well? Yes, I did. That's, yeah, that
6: was fantastic. It yep, made me jealous it. that we didn't get to go to Army this I year know, like I we know. were supposed to. They had ESPN game day there at West Point and everything. But Army is hosting Air Force this week. Army beat Navy last week, which means if they can beat Air Force, they win the Commander-in-Chief trophy. Who you got?
1: Uh, I'm taking Army. Um, I... Figured you would, too, on this one, but I think it's too much of a risk uh, to take Air Force. Army, really good football squad right now. I think they're going to pull this one off. What are they, 7-2, 8-2 right right now? Uh, Really good team. I think they get the W.
6: Air Force is favored in this game by a couple of points, but I'm taking Army, too. Uh, I've got a special spot in my heart for Army after they came and visited us a couple of years ago, and what a fun weekend that was, other than the scare they gave us on the field right. that night. And I very much hope that game can get rescheduled. So I'm going to take Army as well. I think they're going to win the Commander-in-Chief trophy again this year. Louisiana at Coastal Carolina. Can the Clears finish off a perfect regular season?
1: I think they can. Um, By think- the
6: way, speaking of games, this is their 12th game yeah. this year.
1: Yeah, but you know what? I guess they don't have enough uh, data points to get into the college football <laughs> playoffs. I'm
6: sorry, folks. Totally I pathetic. Wound up again.
1: If a 12 and 0 football team can't make it in, they need to go play for a championship on their own. It's ridiculous. You can go undefeated, not even have a chance to play for a championship. I agree. But I'll take uh, Coastal Carolina to win the football game. They're good offensively, they're good defensively, got a really good running game, as we saw against BYU, a couple of really good pass rushers. Give me Coastal Carolina.
6: all time great nickname matchup here. Raging Cajuns against the mean, um, They got some special mojo going on on Myrtle Beach this year. I'm not going against it. I'm going to take Coastal Carolina as well. That Louisiana team, by the way, that they're playing, beat Iowa State in the opener this year. Open Ames. That's a, that's a good football team. All right, let's go to championship games now. In the Big Ten, Ohio State got an exemption to be able to Shocking, in, really. <laughs> to be able to, to be able to play huh. for the title. Weird. They get uh Northwestern. These two teams met a couple of years ago in the Big Ten championship game.
1: Yeah, I mean Ohio State so good at quarterback. Um, you know, they've got the running game, Master Teague there, Sermon, you know, kinda as their their second guy. Uh, you know, good at wide receiver and, and defensively, maybe not as good as they've been in recent years, but the talent discrepancy between these two teams is, is drastic, but I'm still taking Northwestern to win the football game. Karma is a heck of a thing, mm. Toby, and I'm hoping it it happens in, in this instance. Northwestern finds something, I don't know what it is, and gets the win. Maybe it's because I want to make up some ground on right. you and our pick'ems. Maybe it's because I don't think Ohio uh, State deserves to play in the college football playoff. Either one of those I'll take it from Northwestern. You said
6: karma is a heck of a thing. Mm -hmm. That's what you said. Uh, I'm going to pick Ohio State. Mm -hmm. I hope you're right. That would be a lot of fun to see Northwestern beat them. You know what I don't like about the Big Ten championship game? I think it should be played outdoors. Like, I think it should be played at Soldier Field. When you think Big Ten Conference, you think snow, Mm -hmm. bad weather. Ohio State plays outside. Michigan plays outside. Penn State plays outside. All these teams play outside. They play their championship game in a dome. I know we do, too. But yeah. when you think Big sure. Ten football, I want to see the breath in the air. I want to see the elements.
1: When I think Big Ten football, I think let's schedule our teams <laughs> uh, to where not only are they only going to play uh, five or six games, let's also put our best team against our worst teams right. all the way down the list so we can schedule them into the college football playoff. That's what I think Pull of. Pull this I think back Big on Ten.
6: the road. Uh, Alabama and Florida. We'll play for the SEC championship game.
1: I'd love to make up some ground here on you by taking Florida in some mm-hmm. massive upset against Alabama, but I think Alabama is clearly the best team in the country this year. Offensively, maybe the best team in the country. Defensively, maybe the best. They've got obviously tons of great players. They're playing at an epic level right now. I can't take Florida. i got to take Alabama.
6: They look like a bunch of robots again that he's getting Nick Saban's got down there in Tuscaloosa. I think you're right, and I think Florida's got to be licking their wounds here a little bit coming off that LSU game, maybe second-guessing their confidence level. You don't want to go play Alabama second-guessing yourself. I think they're going to take a uh, knot to the noggin in this one. Bama's going to hit them good. And the ACC championship game, Clemson-Notre Dame. The rematch of the game played in South Bend earlier this year. Trevor Lawrence will play this time around. Who you got?
1: I mean, everyone just is uh, basically throwing it out that, you know, Notre Dame beat Clemson whenever Trevor Lawrence wasn't playing, so there's no way they can beat him whenever he does play. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's true. I think Notre Dame's defense is elite. I think Ian Book has played spectacular coming down the stretch. Uh, I think Clemson is a slightly better football team. That, do- that doesn't tell the whole story. I think Notre Dame is chasing something special here, and wow. I think it would be awesome for Notre Dame to get a one-time invite to play for the <laughs> ACC championship. Go in, win the conference, take the trophy, and just be like, see you later, boys. We're out of here. Thanks for the you're invite. You're picking Notre Dame. I'm taking Notre Dame to win the game.
6: Again, I hope you're right. That would benefit Oklahoma. Long shot for Oklahoma, but part of the formula would be for Notre Dame to beat Clemson again. I hope you're right. I'm going to take a Clemson in this one. I think Clemson's going to make a statement, and I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have a uh, big game. The other championship game, of course, will be in Arlington, OU and Iowa State. Got about 30 seconds here. A couple of the most important things in your mind.
1: I mean, I think the team that can establish the run, run the football the best, has maybe the best shot. I don't know who that's going to be. Both of them uh, are really good at times. Uh, I think the turnovers are going to be absolutely critical in this football game. And I know people will get tired of this. You probably get tired of it. But any time I have two teams that are evenly matched, Special teams typically tells the story. And last time we played this football game, special teams told the story. I think that could be critical in this one.
6: I don't ever get tired of anything you say. <laughs> I find you wildly entertaining. Which
1: I'll say this, though. Uh-huh. We've been great in special teams here recently. We've been Since fantastic. Since you got on to them, they've been good. Thanks for
3: joining us for the Sooner Sports Podcast. Don't forget, tomorrow you'll hear from Caleb Williams and several members of the Sooners signing class, plus some final thoughts from Lincoln Riley to get ready for OU and Iowa State. Until then, have a great start to your weekend. And boomer Sooner, everybody.
2: This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Riverwind. Home to a luxury hotel, fine dining, and never-ending rewards. Riverwind is still the one. And Allstate, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Sooner Sports
6: Network. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding your tail.